Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, and thanks for joining me. I'm really looking forward to this special discussion today with two highly successful recruitment business leaders. I'm thrilled to be joined by Will Thompson, who's the founder of Bullseye Recruiting, and Rob Hanna, founder and managing director of KC Partners. Guys, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, looking forward to the chat. Will, can I start with you then? Can you tell us a little bit about where you're based and then a little bit about your business and who you help? Sure. So I'm based in Austin, Texas, and um, we are a a sales and marketing recruiting agency. Um, We actually started out as a blog in 2012. um, And then uh, because of the success of the blog, we turned it into a business in 2015. And uh, we've helped people from all over uh, the U.S. and then globe. A lot of people have moved here from from different countries and to the Austin area and, and help them as well. So it's been a blast. Started from a blog. What was the blog about? Recruitment, obviously, but recruiting. Yeah. What else? That's the only thing I know. <laughs> Brilliant. Sorry. Yeah. Were you working in-house while you were writing that? I started as a corporate recruiter for a company called Rosetta Stone, uh-huh. um, which is a, a language learning a language work, uh, company. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well yeah. done. Thanks. Uh, so, Rob, do you want to tell us about where you're based and tell us a little bit about KC Partners? Yeah. So, um, I, as you very kindly mentioned, founder and managing director of KC Partners. We're based in London in the United Kingdom. Uh, we principally serve uh, law firms all around the world, and, and that's typically their fee earners. So, anything from a transactional or contentious point of view. Um, and we serve law firms in the US, Middle East, continental Europe, um, right the way across from a, a junior level, right the way up to the senior level. We were founded in 2016. Um, I have quite a unique journey in the fact that I started my recruitment career in the 2008 Lehman's crash and to now running a business <laughs> during a pandemic. So they seem to follow me, these recessions, pandemics around. So I've, uh, I've hopefully got a bit of a story or two to tell uh, today on the podcast. You're the albatross, okay. (laughs) Something like that. Rob, staying with you then for a moment, what in your view makes a good versus great recruitment business? I think for any business, in in my opinion, you have to have a purpose. I think you really need to understand what your, your purpose is and the market that you're trying to to service. So for me, I am particularly passionate um, about um, embracing podcasting, social media, digital marketing strategies, um, and, histori- and, and seeing them in line with traditional sales practices that we have done with our recruitment businesses. And so I think what makes a good versus a great recruitment business who can ultimately marry the two in current times, because I started in 2008, which is very much pick up the phone, cold call, headhunt, get on with doing the, the job. And the market has shifted. There's so many phenomenal tools if you use them correctly and you have the right messaging platform and they're adding value. Um, to really be powerful 
available in the modern market. So I would say a great recruitment company understands what their purpose is, can ensure they're giving high quality value to their target audience and through a really qualitative service and embraces all things sort of digital marketing, content creation, capitalizing on that. So that's what I would say to that. Uh, Will, we heard the word targeting there. You yeah. kind of nailed it yourself with the bullseye recruiting aspect. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Sure. I'll piggyback on Rob said. I mean, I think you have to have a target market. You know, you have to know exactly uh, what your niche is and really spend time in it. Uh, you know, if, if my focus is sales and marketing, there's not there's not a whole lot of sense in me going into a finance um, then I'm not going to be able to deliver the best kind of service. I think also it's uh, really getting to know both your clients and getting to know um, your candidates and develop, uh, you know, deliver that unbelievable you know, customer success, uh, service to uh, both of them. Um, you know, everybody that I come in, encounter with, um, they, they remember me, they remember the conversation we had and remember that having a job is a journey, right? So, um, you're starting someplace and the people I'll talk to throughout my career, this is my 25th year in recruiting, wow. uh, that, you know, they'll have multiple jobs, um, and you need to just stay in touch with them and, and be kind to them, uh, give them good feedback every time you get a chance, uh, and just be, give that f- extra level of, uh, you know, of customer service. Um, I, I think also you really, really need to spend time getting to know everybody and what their passions are and, and what they want to do. So many times in today's recruiting, I think a lot of people just want to say, hey, uh, here's my job rec number 4241Z. <laughs> You know, do you match it? No. Okay, I'm going to hang up the phone with you. And if you really take time to get to know the candidate, um, you know, they'll take they'll forever remember you. Um, and then their career is going to take off. I mean, it's uh, you know, if you start with someone that is just right out of college, um, th- by the time 25 years goes by, you know, they're going to be a VP level, and they'll remember that conversation. Absolutely. Just, just to add to that, a couple of things, because I completely agree with everything Will's just said. We, we have an expression here, which is contacts are great, but relationships pay. And you have to be in the advantage of really playing a long-term relationship value-add um, service. Exactly what Will's saying, because we, for example, recruit junior lawyers that will turn into senior lawyers. You know, today's candidates, tomorrow's client, we're well aware of that. So, and the other thing, you know, a lot of people, like Will was saying, you know, we don't have anything for you now, or, you know, the forgotten candidates. You really don't want to do that. There's so many the interesting different ways you can keep connected to your candidates if you don't have jobs right now be that through formative blogs newsletters podcasts to, to, to drive that community and then that is ultimately what people are buying into is your brand is your community it's your overall value add and then lo and behold when you do have that job or when they're looking to move your front and mind and center you're going to get the the placement yeah. i want to throw it to both of you what would you say to people who think that they're missing out on business by narrowing their focus like you guys have done plenty of business would say let's keep it general so that we can help different industries different types of businesses is that a risk or are you recommending a different path 
I'm happy to go first. I'm, I'm a big believer in keeping it niche, inch wide, mile deep. That has always been my my understanding. I've worked in three different uh, markets before setting up a legal recruitment business. Um, I worked in oil and gas and I worked in procurement and supply chain. Um, if I went to try and do oil and gas now with seven, eight years out of the game, you know, it, it's not the same. I don't have the level of up-to-date expertise, insights, um, just everything you need to know if you're going to be a trusted advisor, which I think every recruiter should be a trusted advisor and a consultant and really consult them. Um, no, I, I, I'm a big believer in you can have a big business, but you have to have specialist verticals of people in them servicing. Otherwise, if you're too general, in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily work. Yeah. What do you think, Will? Yeah, so... Uh to the background that I have, keep it in the bullseye, right? What, what do you know best? Right. So, uh, completely agree with Rob. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it's gotta be, um, a niche. And I think that's really because that's where your most contacts are. You know, if, if I were to move to Ireland or the UK tomorrow, I wouldn't have any contacts. Right. So, um, all my contacts are, you know, here locally or within the United States. And that's the way I can service my clients best. Um, if I make it too broad, then uh, you're outside the outer rim of the bullseye and you're just not going to be able to deliver the, the results that you want to. You guys just give me a little flashback to an event, a, a marketing, <laughs> uh, sorry, a networking event that I attended when I first launched my own HR consulting business years and years ago. And I'm standing next to another guy who's doing something similar. And we're all introducing ourselves. And I said, oh, I kind of did this and I kind of do that and I can help everyone. The guy next to me, he had the bullseye clearly in his mind and he was, <laughs> everyone gathered around him. They said, we don't need you because we're not in that industry, but we know someone who does need you right now. And he absolutely generated business by having a niche clear focus. So yeah, I'm glad to hear you guys say that. Well, what's your advice when it comes to growing a successful recruitment business? Yeah, have a plan. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, a lot of people get out of corporate recruiting and say, or, or agency recruiting and think it's going to be easy. And it's not. It's uh you know, it's really hard. I, I would suggest, um, you know, you have some form of income for the first six months um, because it takes a while to get paid. I mean, uh, you know, you, you go out and recruit. So you, first of all, you have to get the job requisition. Second of all, you have to find the individual and then you have to get them hired and then, then they have to wait 30 days to get paid minimum. So, um, you know, if you're smart, you can do two jobs at once um, while you're doing that or, um, you know, just understand that you have to have some kind of savings. And, and second of all, it's just a persistence and perseverance. I, I think that, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's in this business and uh, the people they take um, take it and get hit and run over, then you're, you're going to die. You're, you're not going to make it. But if you are someone that kind of lets it, you know, brush it off your shoulder, um, and, and pick a get up and go the next day, then I think you're going to be just fine. But it's, it's a hard business. Um, there's a ton of money to be made in it. I mean, it's been, um, I, I love my career. I wouldn't have it any other way, but, uh, you know, definitely, um, have a business plan, um, and, and take, take it slow, get before you start your own business, start with, be with a, a corporate recruiter for a while, or, you know, uh, give multiple viewpoints um, as an agency or corporate recruiter, and then you're just going to fly by everybody else. You want to be able to really know that you are that much better than someone else in, in, in a recruiting capacity because there's a lot of competition. I asked about the blog before, but I'm yeah. curious, at what point did you make that transition? 
Yeah, so um, I started writing um, when I was working at Dell as their um, a sales recruiter, and you know it was it was on their intranet for probably I don't know three weeks, and it was really neat for it to be seen. And then they're like, you know, you've got to start writing. So I wrote for uh, recruiting blogs, and then SourceCon, and then I wrote for ERE. I don't know if these these are familiar mm. with you guys. Um, but, um, you know, I, I realized at a certain point that, uh, my following was so big that I didn't have to make those phone calls that a lot of agency recruiters have to make. They business was just coming to me and I was thinking, okay, well, social media does work and this is fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Rob, you've obviously headed in that direction with the podcast and the content. What are your thoughts on building out a successful recruitment business? Um, one of my mentors said to me uh, three words that is so, so important. Revenue, revenue, revenue. You know, cash is king and we'll hit the nail on the head there in terms of, you know, I talk about the recruitment roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. You're up, you're down, you're going to get bad beats. You're going to have a deal that just you think is the most set in stone thing and you're going to get paid. And then the next day it's just, it's just blown away. So you, you have to be ensuring you are focusing on whatever you do that comes to your revenue because I'm Unfortunately, without cash, you don't have a business. So revenue, revenue, revenue. And then there's other things you need to ensure that you have in place is you need to understand, you know, which markets you're going to service. Because I think when you first start out, for, for me, we were very niche within the niche in terms of the pockets, which are the most lucrative and where we feel we can gain market share over our competitors, particularly if you're starting out, you're likely to have well-established competition and there probably might be, um, that's good, but they might be a little bit lazy and leveraging just off databases of tens of thousands of people. And if you're quite creative and using digital marketing strategies and new plays, you can quite easily pinch market share and get noticed without the level of um, database because you just simply won't have that um, built up because you haven't been in the industry for 10, 20, 30 years as some of your competitors may be. So I would really make Make sure you've got solid infrastructure foundations so you can be as powerful as possible when 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 going to market and passion you know what is you know i am as as i can sense will is from from the podcast there we are passionate about our businesses i passionately will care about every client every candidate every supplier everyone who has a touch point with my business i'm passionate and care about and ultimately that will feed through that will trickle through and you will organically grow um my biggest mistake was actually hiring so too early when i first started my business i thought i wanted to you know have offices all over the world and and, and this that and the other so but one of my mentors says to me if you're to do it again what would you do and i said i would hire slow fire fast you know in a way in the sense of it wasn't to work but get yourself into the right position where you can really invest in your team and grow because ultimately if you want to grow you need good people around you but don't think you have to hire from day one or straight the way get the right foundations so then you've got a real proposition to offer and attract people and then bring them bring them in and um, that's some of the comments i would add to that brilliant, brilliant on that theme of hiring for both of you guys how did you select where you were hiring first did you look at different niches or sub niches or levels how did you work that out generalist specialist rob to stay with you so i as i mentioned before i i bizarre, bizarrely i set up my own legal recruitment business without no legal recruitment experience so i uh, you know and it, it testament to me it can work obviously i worked day and night researched and got out there and, and my grandfather ran a law firm and that was my personal reason for wanting to get into the legal sector as well as it being very lucrative um 
And so when I first started, um, I thought, you know what, I would just look at technically good, capable recruiters because I myself come from two or three different um, backgrounds and I thought I could learn that. Actually, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm a unicorn candidate, but I think when I'm looking at hiring now, you, I, I really would, I, I would either go for a straight graduate if I had time to train and develop them and, and really invest in them to, to get the skills, or I would get someone who really understands my market because it is just so technical and the nuances within that, just knowing all of the, you know, the language, the way clients think, the way candidates think, the way you need to be able to influence, you know, map, personal brand yourself to the market all of those things that are so so important i would i would probably look to to take out of a a, a kind of reputable um competitor assuming they were of a mindset that they wanted to embrace our culture mm-hmm. well what are your thoughts what's your what was your experience yeah i mean i've hired recruiters quite frequently um either i recruit recruiters for other firms or um i recruit recruiters to come work with me and, and I think more than anything, I'm looking for that drive. Um, there's that it factor. You talked about hiring college graduates, Rob. I mean, you know, athletes, uh, someone that is used to going the extra mile. This is not an eight to five job. If you're looking for, you know, somebody that is not sales minded also, that's not going to work. You need someone that can take rejection and has proven uh, rejection to failure, um, you know, in their history. It's not easy to get a college degree. I mean, look, I know that a lot of people do not have one uh, and I don't hold anything against it. But if you do have one and you've gone to school, then you've seen how hard it is to get that degree, you know. Um, So when I look for someone, I look for someone that is driven by money, who has, has, you know, maybe has some debt to pay off, maybe has, you know, you know, some kind of driving factor to succeed, uh, likes to win. Um, and it's hard to measure, but it's the kind of questions that you ask regarding talking to people that you really can find those people. But if you don't get someone that has a sales minded attitude in the recruiting industry, then it's not going to work. Um, and, and I've tried, I've tried a, a number of different people, uh, you know, but, um, it also helps if you're running to hit the ground running, you have to be able to train. And, and to Rob's point originally, I mean, if you don't have the processes in place to hire someone, don't hire. Don't hire at all. I mean, because there's no point in it. Because if you if you don't know how to properly train them, then it's not going to work either. On that theme of hiring people and training them up, Rob, you mentioned graduates and, and bringing them up. How can you upskill staff and use processes and technology to help yourselves and leaders within the business to step back. So particularly you guys to step back from the time intensive activities to work on the business as opposed to in it and become all strategic. Rob, what are your thoughts? Can you do it for a start and how can you do it? You can, and this isn't me pitching a new business that I've set up, but I've also just set up a uh, recruitment mentoring business, which is um, exactly, it's called the Recruitment Mentors. um, And it's exactly designed for maybe a small to medium-sized business that is is, is good, but maybe doesn't have an in-house dedicated training team or budget for a learning and development professional in there, or they they don't want to take too much time away from core fee earning um, because that's still what's driving their business. 
business, but they want to ensure that their, their team members are getting access to a community where they can learn from people outside of their four walls. Um, you know, because in recruitment, I'm learning every day. I, I've learned things just from sitting on this podcast, listening to some of Will's snippets of wisdom. So, mm. you know, if you're a curious and intellectually, you know, curious person as a recruiter, you'd always be wanting to learn. So I do think if you don't have the capabilities in the house at the moment, don't try and do it. Look for a sensible, cost-effective um, outsource solution. Um, and if you do have the resources to do it properly, go all in and do it. Okay, don't don't sort of you know titivate with it. Do a little bit of this or half an hour there because that's the biggest frustration. And that's where you'll have a retention problem. If you try and bring people in and promise you've got the best training and development platform and you, you X number of people are our top billers within two years. But if you don't actually execute the, the training properly in terms of, um, you know, procedures, maybe that monthly, weekly catch up, some targets in place, some metrics, some performance indicators to really kind of, you know, I'm not saying you need to micromanage, but you need to make sure that if you're delivering the training that people feel accountable for that and can see their gradual development. And so you need to really, really make sure you've got fundamental mental systems and the right people in place delivering that training because from my experience um I, I myself i used to think i was a great manager now i am not a good people manager um you know i'm a, I'm a business guy i'm running my business but I'm, I'm not the best person to manage people within my business now I'm, i recognize my skills or what i was when i was in my 20s when i really wanted to manage team beyond the tools that was what i really enjoyed i don't think that's my my strength as much anymore so you want to make sure not just because you've got your top performers they may not be the best people to deliver that training they may just be your star performers so you have to put the right people in the right place to do the right job yeah you give me another flashback i studied lots of hr and so the time when i finally took over and managed a large team i realized this is a lot harder than it was in the books feel your pain well what do you reckon um, in terms of upskilling and processes to help business leaders in recruitment step back and work more strategically is it possible and how can you do it if so yeah i mean Look, I, I've made some mistakes of, of, of hiring people and not being, they have not succeeded um, because I haven't been able to, you know, spend the time with them that I'd like to. To Rob's point, I'm, I'm not a great manager. I'm a great recruiter and I'm a great business owner, but uh, I'm not a great manager. And, um, and, and as far as upscaling, for me in my personal business, it has worked also to to find someone who has been properly trained to um you know gone through like an aerotech or an allegis or a robert half or one of these big recruiting agencies that spend hours and hours and days and weeks and months you know getting them to where they need to be um because on, at the end of the day I, I'm, I'm out there trying to hustle and, and trying to bring in new business i i don't have time to sit there and train you the way i should um, and, and I wish my business was set up that way, but it's just not. Yeah, really valuable point, Ben and Will, there, where I always used to think, um, you know, the glue is having those really key managers. If I look back at one of my previous businesses before I set up, um, you know, the, one of the smartest moves the owner did was got two or one or two really quality managers that could delegate down doing the training, take that sort of heavy lifting. And you know what, the, the increased profitability and the revenue per consultant, you know, if you look at the yield per head, which I do as a, a business owner, you're looking at your yield per head each year. And if you're going up, increased. And, and so, you know, finding those people is so, so important if you really do want to train and develop and, and grow a team because you can't do it yourself. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm focused on my business. I'm out 
there. I love BD. I'm running the podcast. I'm running yeah. all of these things. You know, I, mean, yeah. I love doing deals, recruiting. But yeah, and so you have to recognize that and almost self-evaluate and put the right people in the place. And if you don't have them, go and get them. Yeah, yeah. that's a standard point I've noticed from, from both of you guys is know thyself and appreciate where your strengths and weaknesses are <laughs> and, and then manage to those gaps. You don't have to change yourself. You just manage to it. Yeah, that's, that's very right. clever. So guys, what does the future hold for the recruitment and talent acquisition space? Will um, well, I mean, we're we're going to have artificial intelligence. I mean, things are going to processes are going to change. I mean, this you know, I've been on the recruiting circuit as well, uh, speaking circuit, and that's the big talk, right? You know, what's sure. how's it going to change? And and uh, but at the at the core element, I think it's going to remain a lot the same. I mean, it's about relationships. It's about um, you know figuring out how to, to, to make, connect someone uh, with a role. It's a very personable business. You know, you have someone that their livelihood, 80% of their day is spent, you know, at work, you know. So if you have to be the matchmaker, um, and I think that's so important. So on that, I think that, uh, you know, yes, I think there's going to be a lot of artificial intelligence, machine learning. I think process is going to be a lot, you know, uh, simpler, but but the the people aspect of it is not going to change. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, this year's been crazy uh, for COVID. I I've, I've never quite seen a year like this in my entire years of recruiting, and it's it's because the lights went off. I mean, it wasn't like a flicker. You know, mm-hmm. it was that the the lights went off for March. The United States shut down, and um, you know we we're slowly kind of picking back up. But, um, you know, it's, it's been so interesting to see the recruiting industry do this. Um, but it was a trickle, and now it's, you know, if you were to turn on both faucets, they're full steam ahead now. I, I, I just hope that we don't ever have to go through something like this again. It, it was really eye-opening. And I'm sure, you know, other countries are seeing the same thing. A lot of industries were impacted by COVID. Absolutely, yeah. I once uh, developed a product called the Employee Retention Guide or something like that. It took me forever to make. And then finally, when I released it, we had the global financial meltdown. No one was worried about keeping people. So yeah, timing is everything. Robert, what are your thoughts on the future of recruitment and talent acquisition space? Yeah, I mean, te- technology is going to come in. I mean, this, the CV resume is going to die. It's all, it's all going to be video and advanced video to the next level. Um, that's just going to become the norm. I think the biggest learn for a lot of recruitment businesses during this pandemic is if you don't have a sticky value proposition and a recession hits or tough times hits um, and all your market dries up, then your revenue stream dries up, you don't have a business. So my biggest thing, I think, I'm two things I'm gonna see, which I hope I see from a lot more recruitment businesses as they're thinking about their monthly recurring revenue models because yes. um, that is what, yes. um, you know, for us, through our newsletters, our blogging, our content creation and everything like that, subscription-based modeling and all of that has to be part of your strategy to ensure, you know, if you've got 20,000 people on your database and you're charging, you know, two, three dollars per person per month and you're adding value to them. I think then you can look to monetize your your business very, very, very carefully. Um, and I think in terms of the other thing I may see happening in the recruitment sector is, you know, there is getting better. I'm not saying the best, but there are better in-house recruitment teams. So, you know, they are they are bolstering up. They're looking at how they can reduce cost and, and how they can kind of wipe out agencies. So where I see agencies maybe pivoting is almost offering off-the-shelf product services. So at the moment, most agencies offer the end-to-end procurement uh, recruitment lifecycle from the sourcing to the management 
management to the whatever to the whatever to the closing you know it may get to a stage now if the in-house teams get get to a level where they might just want to pick off the shelf one of the services to help as part of their their mm-hmm. actual uh, you know you look at it in all sorts of different um businesses they've got different products that you can buy yeah. um that suit their needs so i see the recruitment sector and that will also come down to different pricing strategies and things like that which will change as the the sector evolves but whatever way it goes i'm super excited and i think you know recruitment is definitely here to stay what will says no one will ever replace the people element of our business so we're not going anywhere robots will and ai will, will obviously be here but i still think there's serious value in a credible recruiter that knows what they're doing um, and just being that sun checks to, to chat with um but yeah that's my tuppence I'd vote for you for president, by the way. That was <laughs> the drive. There's not there's not much competition out there at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, Will, before I, I start to wrap up, you know, you were nodding on the recurring revenue side of things. How can you develop services, products around that side of things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to realize, um, like Rob said, I mean, that the corporate recruiters are getting bad, better. Um, and... Um, you know, I think the companies are looking to cut costs in any way they possibly can. Um, and the model that uh, has traditionally worked, I, I don't think contingent or retained searches are going to going away. But I do believe that there's going to have to be some kind of solution for recurring revenue um, that makes business sense for uh, companies. And, and what that looks like, I, I, you know, I talk to recruitment owners all the time. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I, but I do know that. Uh, if we were to look at the clock two years from now, I, I would see a little bit different model of, of how recruiting agencies work than, than, than how they are currently. Watch this space then. It's going to evolve. We're not quite sure how it's going to evolve yet, but it's, it's going to change over time. I think so, for sure. Okay. Guys, I really appreciate your time and your sharing your thoughts and so on. Before I let you go, can I ask if someone is watching this, listening to this and thinks, oh, hang on, I, I think I could have a client for them. Um, who are your ideal clients uh, and whereabouts? So, Will, with you. I love how you said the clients, right? That's what I'm most concerned about, right? <laughs> um, no, so we are a specialized recruiting agency that focuses on mostly software, sales, and marketing uh, roles. Um, you know, we we really work from anything from an inside salesperson all the way to a VP level. Um, or a channel or director. And then we really enjoy getting in the marketing space as well. And as I mentioned, oddly enough, I don't know how we got into recruiting recruiters. I guess it's just the, the fact that we've been in the business so long um, that uh, that's something we do as well. But yeah, I mean, if, if you know of somebody that is, is looking to expand or find that purple squirrel that no one can find mm-hmm. in the sales and marketing realm that is looking for a proven Hunter with a Rolodex. That's what we do. I mean, uh, most of the people we find are, are working, um, and I've had relationships for years, and uh, we are pulling them out of jobs, not just getting them on a job board. Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I will share the links to your site Thank and so you. on afterwards. Rob? We love all things lawyers. Um, so for, for me, um, if you are a law firm and you're looking to recruit um, top legal talent, um, we'd love to hear from you. And similarly, if you're a lawyer, um, you may be a, a Harvey Specter if you follow suit, uh, a corporate lawyer, or you might be a, a Lewis Litt if you're a litigator, but all those sort of people um, are who we love to talk with. We, we really service the top, top um, law firms around the world. So we have a fantastic uh, portfolio of, of clients. We're deeply interested 
entrenched into them. Um, so they're the types of people we would love to talk to. And similarly, we'd love to have some of them as guests on our podcast, the Legally Speaking podcast. So, you know, if, if they don't want to talk about jobs, but they want to get their personal brand out there and they have the story to tell, um, you know, the podcast, we're in the top 10% globally in a thousand countries. So it's really good branding for lawyers who are particularly looking to try and grow their book of business or win business development. So we can offer them um, that exposure as well. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you very much for your time. We'll leave it there and all the best for you and your businesses. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.